Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. My name is Brian and joining me, we have a roundtable uh, to talk Endwalker. Yes, that's going to be spoilers. So note that if you have not finished Endwalker, we'd love for you to come back and check out this episode in the future. You can also subscribe to the audio version of the podcast, wherever audio version podcasts are found. But today we're joined by Rory Khan, Night Sky Prince, Chris, aka Gaming Kinda, and I, Ginger Prime, uh, talking about this incredible expansion, this incredible journey, and one that I think we have a lot of really different perspectives here. And I think this is going to be a really interesting way of how we've all approached the latest story of Endwalker, especially like to call out Night Sky Prince, if you guys aren't following him. Big Final Fantasy guy, Final Fantasy 14, kind of the first real, like he held off. Uh, actually, why don't you go ahead and tell, uh, introduce yourself, Knight, and then we'll just go around the horn and talk to people what actually finally got you into 14 in the first place. Oh, okay. Well, I'm Night Sky Prince, and uh, I have a YouTube channel and Twitch channel where pretty much all we do is Final Fantasy stuff, uh, single player and Final Fantasy 14. And so Final Fantasy 14, like my journey with it is kind of like a weird one in a way, because I actually played 1.0 back in the day uh, when it came out, got my legacy tattoo on the back of my character. Um, I, I quit playing 1.0 for relatively obvious reasons. Uh, and then when A Realm Reborn came out, uh, I got back into the game for a while. And then uh, my grades started like plummeting at the time. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to put A Realm Reborn down. Uh, and then for years, I kind of put it off, right? Because mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, you know, I played A Realm Reborn. You know, the story didn't hook me. Gameplay was fun, but I, I can't afford to be like hooked on MMOs. Uh, and then so I ended up revisiting it uh, like maybe like late 2019, like going into 2020. Uh, that's when like Shadowbringers hype was like peak, right? And so everyone's like, oh my God, dude, you've got to play this game best final fantasy story ever and i was like really because i i pretty much at this point actually i played one through 15 so i played i've touched at some point every single mainline title so i was like really best final fantasy story and now here i am having completed in walker and yet again i 1000 percent agree probably the best final fantasy story that i've been through out of all of them that's fantastic rory now your journey with final fantasy is one that's started a while back but you really blew up from uh monster hunter and now you're yeah. also covering final fantasy which is great because i kind of live vicariously through your monster hunter ways and then also i get to see your amazing reactions uh to final fantasy things that are happening over on your channel why don't you give everybody a little synopsis of who you are in case they don't know you so I um I do a lot of Monster Hunter content. I actually started by doing Dark Souls content because the idea for me has always been um, to tell people, look, this is not as hard as everybody makes you believe that it is. And I present the game in a way that people can kind of like, oh, th they can try it out. And eventually they're like, oh, this is actually pretty easy. And I did that for Dark Souls. I did that for Monster Hunter. And I've been trying to do that now for 14 as well because the, the idea for people of actually getting into an MMO is extremely daunting. And the reason I got into 14 was because after BFA, I was basically telling everyone, that's it, guys. I'm never going to play MMOs again. I quit on this whole genre because World of Warcraft has soiled me so much that I don't even want to play this genre anymore. And people tell me, no, 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 listen, you got to give one last chance to this one game. And I'm like, I already played it in 2013. And I played it like, wow, which was a mistake, grabbing all the quests and, you know, mass, trying to mass complete quests. And they were like, no, 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 just do the story. I was like, okay, fine. And then basically I became completely addicted to 14 as well. <laughs> and, uh, and Rory's representing Paladin Love. Uh, Rory and Chris, Paladin versus Warrior, have a have a friendly uh, little you know competition. <laughs> right now I think Chris has inadvertently pulled ahead uh, in interesting oh, yeah. ways. Gaming Kinda, a.k.a. Chris, man. Uh, you started story uh, in Shadowbringers. I think that's a kind of a really interesting aspect. I saw today... And we don't need to get into it too much because it could derail the whole show. But people apparently bullying and being really uh, crappy to preach because he finished Shadowbringers and he says, ah, I really don't like it. And uh, that is uh, like obviously a, a bad thing uh, within the <laughs> some parts of the sub communities uh, in 14. And uh, and yet, you know, when we uh, when we when we've talked about it, a lot of people have always tried to discount you because you're a story, a story skipper. Wow. Trained you like what? What is the story in an MMO? That's ridiculous. You know, 14's like, hold my beer. It's flavor, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, when I ask, why are we killing this boss? It's the answer to that question, nothing more. Uh, and the answer is always, they're bad. Like, the, the answer is always, they're bad. Yeah. They're bad, they're bad, they're doing something bad. They're bad to people. It's, it's always something like that. 
uh, tip of the hat to ever supported Murray. And yeah. so <laughs> I, I think that like, I, I came in to play it like, wow. And what wow offers to me over other video games. I do play a lot of other games is the chance to be in a truly multiplayer space where I can come check out your gear and we can run dungeons together. I can run dungeons with complete strangers with relative ease. And so that's really why I play MMOs. And like A Realm Reborn had enough of that for me. I, I enjoyed that. So people are like, how could you enjoy this game without a story? Because the rest of the team is also incredibly talented. The people who build the world, the people who put in Chocobo races, the people who give us dungeons raids, alliance raids. There is so much to do. When you look at thousands of hours, the story's really, it's these hundreds. And yeah, it's the little oasis at the top of the mountain that like creates the stream that nourishes the whole valley. But like, if you ignore it, the rest of the mountain is still there. Uh, and so I appreciate that it's driven so much for the community and the dev team, but I enjoyed A Realm Reborn, Heavensward, Stormblood all entirely without really knowing what was going on. I had a blast. But then in Shadowbringers, Yoshi P said, hey, I know many of you skip. I know many of you bought skips. I know many of you have been overwhelmed. You've come in late or you've been here a long time and you feel like you can't catch up. We wrote Shadowbringers, not just for people who are in on the story. Obviously, they're going to have a blast, but as an on-ramp for you guys. So if I could ask something of story skippers, would you give Shadowbringers a shot? And like, after loving this game so much, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's a fair ask. You know, it's been several expansions. You think you've gotten better. And I I adored Shadowbringers. Um, I adored Shadowbringers. And so that's what got me there. And then kind of like watching the Star Wars movies out of order, I have the advantage of going back and I did A Realm Reborn after Shadowbringers for the first time. And so, like, I met Yastola for the first time after Shadowbringers, but I got to go back and meet her for the first time in the, you know, whatever yeah. time is happening there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there are these moments throughout that where I think I started my ARR like five three something like that. And so, like, we had just learned some crazy stuff about like all this stuff that was about to happen. And then I go back and like, I'm in Lenosha and they're like, yeah, we're really having some issues with the Sahagan. And I'm like, are you? Uh, <laughs> so even like side quests felt really important because, you know, Merle Wibb in early ARR, like that whole, everything surrounding Limso was like, hey, we're just kind of setting up the space. But then like knowing everything, you know, post Shuttering, you're just like, no, you're not. This is um, getting to see those seeds planted, knowing what they became was really neat. And I look forward to going back and experiencing Heavensward and Stormblood. Oh man, I'm excited for you when you experience Heavensward. So mm -hmm. uh, nice guy, you said that um, uh, N. Walker uh, solidifies Final Fantasy XIV as the best uh, Final mm -hmm. Fantasy uh, story. Uh, is that because of the the whole story? Is that because of any particular expansion? Will there be like two or three key identifiable moments that you feel set this game apart from other Final Fantasies in the series? Well, Inwalker is like very much like a culmination of everything that's happened so far, right? And so I don't think that like it's like Inwalker itself, like in an isolation, being um, what necessarily makes Final Fantasy XIV the best story. But I think when you add Inwalker there as a conclusion to that Heidel and Zodiac saga, is is where it pushes it over the edge for me. And um, it, it really what it was i guess about in walker that that did that for me is um how they handled like a lot of the themes in there like um this sort of excellent existentialist themes right like um they they kind of took the word end like very literally <laughs> in, yeah. in, in some ways and they they assessed and looked at the word like end like the end of one's life the end of society the end of the world um and they approached that from every angle that they possibly could and to be honest with you, Brian, I cried twice. <laughs> 500 people in, in stream watching me play this game. I cried. Do you normally I, not cry? I normally don't cry. Like, I'm a type of person where uh, I'm watching, like, I don't know, some film with, like, my girlfriend, and she'll be, like, in tears, and I'll just sit there, and I'll be like, wow, that was that was really sad. But I'm not, like, crying, right? I'm talking about I played Inwalker, and I'm talking – my streams of tears in my face i'm trying to like hold it back and I, i'm like <laughs> i'm like breaking down like on stream 
and it, it was it was at that moment that um you know i had to think back and i'm like you know when's when's the last time like any final fantasy games made me feel like this like Aerith's death and like seven maybe was like the last time like i was a little kid playing <laughs> and i thought i thought you know even then was like oh, oh we can fight her back. we can get her back we can get her back yeah we can get her back right she'll come back at the I end i still of the- <laughs> for some reason hold out hope yeah I, maybe, like they have a remake i don't know right? like maybe i'll be able to do this I haven't played the remake yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, th- there were just moments in Inwalker where um, I-, I just felt like they were like talking to me specifically about like my own life struggles, right? Like a lot of the dialogue almost feels personal, right? Yeah. Like uh, Natsuko Ishikawa maybe was sitting there writing that message for you specifically. How many times I don't know like, if you guys had those? They those looked moments. at the camera. Are you having fun? Like, I don't know. Maybe, you take, <laughs> maybe you should take a break right now. Yeah, what's there was a lot of like, why don't you take a nap? Yeah. And, and um, I, I really like that too. Like, I understand like if maybe some people like felt maybe that was like too on the nose or too direct, but I almost felt like it was, it was a very like humanist way to like approach a story chris what was my cry counter like final final count 30 30 okay even 30 <laughs> but that ranged from everything from like he laughed hard enough that he he did this or <laughs> like a single tear to like it stream needs to end like like there's just sobbing and then he just leaves <laughs> and he's just he's just gone and so like like and that, that counts as one uh and so some of those were were like pretty world shaking where i think you needed some time um mm-hmm. like the that i mean just to say like the thavner with the baby uh and also with the suicide like, what was like really a lifesaver for me was there was just i was just torn up and my son came upstairs and he's like hey dad you want to play trains and i go yeah that's exactly what i need right now I need some train time with my three-year-old like that's exactly where i need to be right now i'm going to like i'm yeah i need to take a break and that actually was very helpful because like there, I don't, I did it one quest after the suicide and I was just like the whole, like I was done. And it was like, he's like, Hey, let's go play. It's like, absolutely. Like, I, I think I came back mad yeah, because the place I escape to when something awful happens are games, MMOs. And so since 14 is my really active MMO right now, I just wanted to play 14. And so like I walked away and then I came back and I think I just silently played through the next section. Like, like I'm just going to play 14. Screw these guys. Like, <laughs> like I was just like, I was torn up. I went away. I came back and I just, just played. Like, it's like, no, we're, we're not going to read the quests out loud. We're just going to play final fantasy. Now Rory, you got kids. And so I'm kind of curious, did you have a cry counter? Did you tear up? Did anything from the story uh, as a parent so really hit hard? I didn't, I didn't actually get to stream it because I made a, a terrible mistake. So what I decided to do was I wanted to do a recap of the entirety of the story of Final Fantasy XIV up until Endwalker. And so I found this website by this guy called Vicarion, who had typed out like a summary of everything. And it was massive. And I was like, I did calculations and estimations. I was like, it's going to take me about six to eight hours to read this whole thing out loud. And I made the brilliant decision of trying to do that one day before Endwalker. <laughs> okay. You see where this is going. Yeah. So for starters, I've completely underestimated the amount. Of, I mean, I knew that it's hard to, to read, and particularly for me because I'm reading in a foreign language because obviously I'm Portuguese, I'm not English. And um, it's like I'm reading this in a foreign language and it, it puts more effort into my throat. And it's like I think – five hours and change into this not only my throat was completely shot i had chest pains because you're you know you're you're reading out this massive text and you're trying to control your breathing and that eventually goes up to your chest depending on your level of practice and because again it's not natural for me to speak in english it's like something that i have to put a little bit of strain into uh that completely destroyed me and i was super sad i even made like two videos talking about how i I even thought like, I, I think I'm just getting too old and I, I can't even stream for as long as I usually do. Like I, I literally broke down. I was like, crap. And I, I just did not stream the game at all. I just played it all by myself, uh, which in a way it was actually really cool because I basically got to experience it without having the added stress mm-hmm. of the, the stream on top of it. 
which made it a, a very special experience in its own way. And I cried. I don't know how many times I've cried, but I've cried plenty of times throughout the story, particularly near the, the final zone. Uh, I mean, not near, particularly in the final zone. The, oh, yeah. That was like where I, it killed like the, the second ghost when, when eventually we get to talking about that, just the second ghost, the second he, he spoke, I was like, I was me. really hopeful they would you use more of the portrait technology, that portrait technology that they use, like when yeah. Stankrid, where he shows his face, they talk this about is it. Thankred. And I was really Thankred, hopeful this they is would Thankred. do more of that because like, I think for a lot of people, <laughs> I think for a lot of people, there's, um, they have feelings for characters, but they don't immediately yeah. recognize a voice actor that oh, yeah. it's been months or years since they've heard some of these, these things. And so like, I think that um, that would have been a really great time to have like, at least that portrait thing be an optional UI configuration. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what can I, can that, I that ask like been... which part like made you guys like cry the hardest? Oh man. <laughs> the part that made me, I mean, for me, I think it was, uh, I think it might've actually been that one. I mean, I don't know. It's a toss up between when Graha sacrificed himself and because I really like Graha and the, the second ghost which is orchid mm. it's like just this it's a toss-up those just like instantly like it wasn't even like oh man it was like just like instant tears streaming down it's like fuck <laughs> they yeah. got me chris did you cry yeah yeah uh i mean the suicide definitely messed with me um mm. i think that some of the stuff between like the twins and their dad but like mm -hmm. I, I think it's like night sky prints they hit a lot of like the really classical human struggles and they hit them really deeply and so while they may not have hit one uh in the exact way it's affected you or, or maybe it's never affected you so it just felt like a gameplay at some point because they hit so many of the classical struggles of just being a human um there are points where it feels like the game is talking to you directly and then because of so much of the phrasing that take a nap and talking directly to the player the fourth wall breaking stuff um I think where it really struggled was I thought about and talked about on stream stuff that like, I haven't thought about and talked about in years um, where it just kind of takes you back through all of these past things, which adds a layer because it's not just the finale of final fantasy. It's the finale of the last eight years. It's a reminder of everything that got you up to the eight years, every game you've played before every life experience you've had. So I think for me, it was any time that it kind of broke that wall. So mm -hmm. things like the suicide, um, you know, having been uh, affected by suicide and those around me and in my family. And then uh, like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with my biological father uh, mostly because he's a dick. And so, <laughs> and so like, I, I think, you know, having that relationship there and then there were aspects of it where it was very fatherly. And like, there is a man that my mom married that I, I call dad. And um, I didn't call dad for probably the first 10 years he was in my life. And at some point I realized like, no, he is, he is my dad. Um, and so like, I think there was a lot of emotion going through that, that I struggled with. Um, I will say Night Sky Prince, I didn't cry from probably 15 years old until the day of my wedding. And when I got married in my, in my twenties, I late twenties, I, um, I now cry at every wedding. I now cry at every Disney movie. So like, just know that if the faucet ever turns on for you, be prepared that it might just be on now. Just on. Like I was standing at my, I was the guy who was my best man. He like stood next to me. He's like, I'm so happy for you. And then he got married last year and I'm standing at his wedding. And like, I'm just, I'm just dying. Like, like, it's just like my whole face is just soaked <laughs> as I stand next to him. I'm just losing it. And I look out and like his mom's keeping it together. His grandma's keep like, everybody's fine. And I just am losing it. So yeah. for me, no, that that's great. That's like, therapeutic. Really. that's, that's <laughs> so, like that release, man. I got, I got, I got to admit to something. And that is that unlike you guys, I was not sympathetic to Quintus at all. That's when fine. he when he 
When he committed suicide, I went in there and I took a screenshot of my character with a big old thumbs up. Like, let me tell you something. When, <laughs> when that, listen, when he took the twins away from me, I would have butchered every single Garlean in that place if the game had given me the choice. I'm not even kidding. Like, the game had given me the choice. Hey, you can, this will have severe consequences in the story and whatever will change your <laughs> playthrough forever. But you can butcher every person in here. I'd be like, I'll do it. You give me my goddamn twins. Don't you dare take them away. I will murder every person in here and every person <laughs> in this whole goddamn zone if you try to take these two twins away from me. That was my thought process in there. So when he shot himself, I was like, screw him. I hate him. I was, like, <laughs> I, was I was pissed off, dude. I was just like, dude, I will yeah, Christmas, kill I everyone hurt. in here. I, I was hurt by that. Like, because I think, you know, one of the things that I always like, like Stephen Colbert said, is that the tragedy and, and, things like uh, like these events like loss uh, makes us more human because it makes us relatable yeah. and it's like chris and i talked about it, it's like i shared the story of when my uncle tried to you know commit suicide uh, unsuccessfully and it's like that there's that's a real fact and people have to deal with that and it really caught me off guard and like the hope is that you know that didn't have to happen and obviously it's not a real character um but i think especially as i've gotten older and have had kids like the things have definitely impacted me differently one of the things that one of the reasons why I specifically wanted to stream this is I was playing Final, uh, Dragon Quest XI, and I was just, I love that game. And I was playing it, and I was just weeping. And my wife looks at me, she's like, you should really stream that. Like, that's a, like you like that's a really real reaction to this part of the story. And it's like, okay, I want to make sure that just for my own like sake that I have these moments. Because when Chris says eight years, like, it's for me, it's been 13 years. Like, the Final Fantasy XIV has different starting timelines uh, for wherever people kind of came in and, and it's tracked it twice. Like where was 1.0 and then when, when did everything kind of re kind of start with 2.0. Um, but for me, 13 years was that. And I actually opened up like every stream with kind of my thoughts on the gravity of 13 years. And so the suicide hit me pretty hard because like, that's something that like I can relate to, uh, you know, personally. Then I think essentially the obviously the Thavnir and the baby and the parents trying to save the kid and despair yeah. with the final days like that was really powerful. In fact, it's like after that quest it's like, I got to take a break. And so I walked downstairs and I hugged and played with the kids for a little bit, left stream up because I was like, I, I still want to keep playing. But man, that was that was crazy. The biggest part, like I didn't get too teary over the whole like, you know, the ass like the scions sacrificing themselves because it just didn't feel like it was a sacrifice. It didn't feel like they're like what they're the payments coming due. They all are unmade. And then, yeah, we bring them back yeah. through the power of creation. What it was would, like, like what would I, your emotion have been if they didn't come back, I would have appreciated it actually their loss. I think, well, the, so, that the thing is, is that did they not come back or is there a six one? So like the, the video gaming part of it always just wonders like, is that really their, their end? Right. I don't know. And then like with Aerith, like, yes, like that's the fact that, that really didn't even impact me until the credits rolled. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, is that really the real thing? Like, that's where I think I would have appreciated that personally more, uh, so to speak. But that being said, that would be my only kind of like, I don't even know if I would change it, but just the fact that it's like, I did, did, that didn't feel gravity. The gravity was the walk with the twins. Like at that point in the game, leading up to Ensinger, leading up to the kind of the final confrontation, um, the gravity of 13 years of covering this game, playing this game, evangelizing this game, uh, you know, really was sitting on me to the point where I was like, guys, I can't even look at chat right now. Like I am, I am just barely moving my character forward as the music plays, uh, you know, and that whole moment. And I think that was actually more significant than any of the being unmade. So those would be my kind of big three moments of, uh, N Walker, just like really just, uh, you know, subverting my expectations, but really making me like a mess, like just le legitimately like, okay, like <laughs> don't look at that as a resume. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if everybody's ever like, if I ever decide to go back into like a, like a work office environment, it's like, maybe don't look at those guys. <laughs> like, you know, I don't yeah. know. The um, yeah. the thing for me in that final zone was, um, I, and cause I've seen that comment from a lot of people where they say, of course, they're not going to die. They're going to come back. But to me, the important thing is when you're as immersed into the game as you can get with 14, I feel like, particularly because you can relate with the characters as much as we do, right? Mm -hmm. The The thing that I was thinking was I wasn't seeing it from whether or not they can come back. I'm seeing it from the point of the characters themselves 
they don't know if they're going to come back. They don't know if you're going to succeed. Like we know we're going to win and, you know, whatever trial we're going to face. The characters themselves don't. They're willingly giving their lives away from the first moment. Because like Thancred doesn't even get the screen time. But I got emotional over it because they specifically say the last thing he said was survive. survive and he created this space so that you wouldn't die. And then when Istinian sacrificed himself, then I was like, holy shit, we're going to lose one of them at a time. Mm -hmm. And every time I felt it because of the fact that if you look at it from the characters' perspectives, they don't know if they're going to be back. They're mm -hmm. willing to put it all on the line so that you can move forward whether or not you know, they get to come back. Specifically, Ishtola tells you, do not summon us back because otherwise you can't keep going forward. You have to keep going forward. Right. And Graha being a very special character for me, I was like, holy fuck, that, that just <laughs> murdered me. Like even just talking about it, you can hear in my voice kind of cracking up. And even whenever I see it like in highlights and shit, I still get emotional over mm -hmm. it. Mm. And for me, it wasn't even necessarily about like, I didn't I didn't cry there, but it was a pretty emotional point for me. But like for me, it wasn't necessarily about like, oh, we, we just lost the science because I didn't believe it for a second, if I'm <laughs> honest. But um for me, it was really about the how those scenes represented uh one, the development of those characters, especially Astinian. Like the the yeah. the hat the dynamic they had for Astinian was so good, really showed uh his growth. Actually, all of Inwalker really is Astinian's like growth is like so apparent throughout the whole journey. Um, but really I, I think what those scenes in Ultima Thule like represented to me was about the bonds that both the player has formed with the scions and that the scions have formed with each other, right? Mm -hmm. And and sort of um exemplifying that through the fact of of saying like straight up, I would I would die for you and you would die for me. Like that's the type of relationship that we have. And I think that um displaying that they would sacrifice themselves for each other was the real big picture of the scene in a way that um, that's how strong their, their bonds are. If that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense yeah. from, from a, uh, from a boss's perspective. Let's talk about the fact we talked about Zodiac and Heidelin um, being the trials and then Ensinger being the last. And then you have uh, the, the fist, uh, the cuffs with Xenos. <laughs> Let's start with Xenos. And then I want to get your thoughts on uh, Zodiac and Heidelin on themselves like so, so just yeah can i just say something real quick yeah Brian? absolutely please i got spoiled for zodiac on your stream <laughs> so sorry <laughs> no, it's like because you got spoiled too because you, you i'm not sure I if chose you not remember to believe you it I, like i was yeah, like somebody's like i, I can't I, believe I, it and i was like i think they're joking instantly, but i will just block them i instantly clicked off your stream i was like god damn it i can't believe someone would say why would you say that? I was so mad, dude. And then when I, the moment that I was on the moon, I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen now. Cause you know, the other guy was right. And it's like, ah, oh, damn it. Why would you do that? And it's <laughs> well, like, some people suck, man. Was, it's like, so like, did, that's where I was like, I, I went to member, it, member chat. <laughs> I, I didn't even want it to talk to you about it because I was like, if I tell him anything, he's going to know that it's wrong. So I can't even say anything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just going to not believe it. And then like when it happened, I was like, this is great. And then, and the, Back in my mind, I was like, ah, you know, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, okay, like that's, uh, you know, some like some people suck, and that's been a part of like avoiding the internet. For, and for that story time. is the first and only time that I can think of issuing a perma ban on our channel, mm -hmm. and it was for that. So like, mm -hmm. they're contributing members of our community. They said thank you. Some had sub badges, but it just it was. I I said over and over, it's zero tolerance. So when somebody came in and told me, "How do you feel about Thanker dying?" You're done. You're done. That's it. Like you're done. I don't, I don't, I, that's it. Like, because what am I supposed to do? Say, Oh, you can come back after the story and what spoils 6.1 for me. Like, no, yeah. you're done. Like, yeah, you clearly think that that's entertainment. And like, I've said over and over, like, I, I just want to experience this. I want to experience this. And I know that this is so emotional that I don't know if any of you live somewhere that does a lot of like Christmas lights. But when you go out and you go look at a lot of people's Christmas lights and then you come home and you don't have Christmas lights, it kind of feels like you took something and you didn't give something back. And so when you go through something this emotional, one of the ways I get through it is I went and watched a lot of people's streams get through parts that I had already been through. Watch them go through Thavnir, watch them go through Garlemald, watch them in Ultima Tool. I, I watched 
Um, I know I caught some of some of Night Sky Prince's streams. And so like I watched literally all of Brian's MSQ playthrough. And so like that was this really cathartic experience to go back through in moments that like I just remember having all this pain in my chest. Like I could laugh because like I already knew what was going to happen. I could have a good time and it was really therapeutic to go back through it multiple times and see it and catch things I missed and view it less like on on the edge of my seat. And so it felt selfish as a full-time content creator to not share my experience when I want to consume other people's yeah. and all we ask for in trade is don't spoil it. Like it's not, don't ask for money. Don't ask for you to watch it. You don't have to be here. If I stream to an empty room, that's okay. Like literally all we ask in trade for vodding an entire 60 hour experience is not to spoil it. So that, that made me really mad when people would come in and do that stuff. Mm. I, I had a great experience actually. My mods, like shout out to my mods, like Pichitima, Seo, uh, Yoshi, if you guys are watching this, uh, like big shout out to you guys because you guys were crazy. I'm talking about like, um, I would just be playing. I'd see like chat messages pop up in my peripheral vision. And then I'd look over and I would see like six messages have been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yo, what did they even do? What did they say? I don't know. But it was all gone before I uh, before I could see any of it. So Yeeted and yeah. deleted. Yes. Yeeted and deleted. Yeah. So yeah. um to a shout out to my SWAT team who, who took down <laughs> anybody who would even dare like spoil anything of the game for me. What a service. Really now that. Will yeah. says Ultima Thule had the best music. It was great. And then I would counter that with count. Chocula, <laughs> like from the raid series. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just did that last night and I cranked that music up. Oh my gosh, I thought I would say Ultima Thule did until I fought Count, you know, Chocula. And I was like, oh heck yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, In, In Walker had like great, great sound direction, but obviously, so can so like three quarters of it is remixes, beautiful remixes on like yep. answers. And so, mm -hmm. since answers is on that, like no fly list for like being used in youtube videos and stuff all i can picture is you've just created a two-year problem like you yeah. created a whole problem of like now how do we but it goes for sale uh february february so we're just going to shout something out uh we are filming this towards the end of january and that soundtrack goes for sale what do they name all of these tracks is it answers one answers two <laughs> answers three i know the banal <laughs> one has like your answer but like like, like, are they all just variations on that? They're mm. each beautiful, so I want them all. So, how do you name them? I, I, I don't. Have I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna come up with different names for it. And I don't think it's gonna be just like remix one or two or whatever. I don't think it's gonna be that yeah. either. <laughs> now, uh, back to awesome. the back to the uh, um, Xenos fight. What did you guys think of that? Like, was that cathartic? Was that fun? What What, what do you think? I have some pretty strong takes on it, right? So I absolutely love it. And I understand that a lot of people do not. But I think that the people who don't miss the point of it, right? So with going back to Inwalker being a, like a raising existentialist questions, right? Existentialism being like the entire theme of Inwalker, right? Xenos uh, one represents our mirror, right? Like challenge doing wanting to do challenging fights and such for fun and that's why we, we why do why, why do we play the game right he's 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 a mirror for like the warrior of light and the player itself but deeper than that what xenos actually represents here is hedonism right he he's doing this for his pleasure like that's his answer to you know what is the meaning of life and why do we do all this even though life is suffering followed by our inevitable demise right and xenos's answer to that is is that I do this because I like doing it. It brings me pleasure. That's the meaning of life to me, right? And so um, the, the final fight with Xenos may feel pointless, but it should feel pointless. It doesn't have a point. He's doing it because it brings him pleasure, because it's a great sensation for him, because that's what makes him happy and feel fulfilled, right? And um, that's actually the point of it, right? Is Is that you have like after you've kind of defeated nihilism, right? After you've defeated like all these other philosophical takes on um, what it means to be alive and you just have your take 
and uh, Zenos's take at the end, right? You know, this sort of indulgence um, that that Zenos can like really represent. And uh, at the end of that, it sort of represents you kind of winning, right? But also the fact that, you know, that aspect of Xenos is also within you, that you also, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's kind of recognizing your counterpart. Rory, right. what do you think? So for me, it's like, I felt like Xenos represents the Raider desire in me, which I've always been a Raider back in World of Warcraft. And even though I hadn't done Savage until Endwalker, Endwalker is actually when I started doing Savage, you know, I always have that, um, what's the word for it? That ambition to, to do more, to do the more challenging content, stuff like that. I've always had that. So I, I understood the parallel that they were drawn for. It's like, okay, this is supposed to represent the whole thing. But to, to stay in character, because you do get that vibe that at that point of the fight, the developers are talking to you, not your characters. Like, you want this. And I'm like, you're goddamn right I do, but I'm still playing my character. And I went and I chose the, I don't know, there was one of the options that's like, this ends now, you know? So I, I role-played my choice of the, the thing because like the first choice is like, yes, I want this. But I was like, that's too out of character for the character that I'm playing. But yes, I do want this. So I was like, yeah, sure, let's go, Xenos. Let's do one final round. And I thought it was cool that Xenos showed up at the end, friggin' Shinryu form, let's go, I'm going to help you. But then at the end of the day, it was just like a platform. I was actually hoping for him to do something, to actually help. It's like, no, I'm a platform. You can stand on me so that you can go kill the, the big bad. You know, I was like, all right, sure. Yeah, so that we but can actually fight finally him, fight. You know, it's like, I, I'm going to help you so we can have our duel. Um, and then there's interesting theories, which I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not, because to me, it doesn't make that much of a difference that like the, the final teleporter that shows up that enables you to escape. There's people saying that Xenos willed it into existence as like his final wish before he died or something, because at the end of the day, he cared about you. And so people are saying that through the last amount of ether that he had from gorging on the mother crystal that he used it to summon the transporter so that you could get away and survive. I think that's a really cool theory. I don't know if that's the intention or not. Some people are saying, oh, it's the one that fell. I thought it was the one that, you know, you throw it off and then eventually it falls down into that realm of nothingness that you were in. I don't know. But the idea that Zeno saves us at the end, I thought that that was a really interesting thing. And I don't know if that's the intention or not. I like that. I like that idea. I thought he would get a trial fight. I thought he would either get a trial fight during 6.0 or after 6.0. He would be one of the things that carried on and we would resolve him as part of the transition into 7.0. I thought he would get a trial fight. And for him to want our attention, the respect that we give to other trial fights, right? The respect we give to primals, the respect we give to other bosses where we build up and we have this big encounter with all of this emotion on either side. And like, especially if we're talking to the player, a player remembers trial fights. We don't necessarily remember scenarios as well. Like the trial fights, these are the moments. The trials, in my opinion, are always the most impactful. They mean more to me narratively than the raids, than the dungeons. Like it's building to the trials. Those are the moments, right? The 5.0, the, the music change going into the last trial. And for him to not get one feels so poetic that like that's all he wanted. And then for so many people to be like, I hate him. Then there is no better vengeance for us to go fine i'll fight you but like after the trial fight like you're not the trial fight like like it just feels like that is yeah 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 uh, sure i mean i'm not even gonna bring other adventurers in on this uh it has a little bit of a marvel nothing. spin because if you look back to the the gameplay launch trailers and all that it looked like we were gonna have a trial fight with with xenos you know like they had that yeah. whole stage and then it's like, no, you don't even get that. And actually, you don't deserve it. I agree. He didn't deserve it. I was so annoyed by him that I think that was the actual best outcome for me in his relationship. Because it was like, if all of a sudden it's like, and now I'm the big bad, but big bad, I've joined with Medion and blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, oh, like, you're so annoying. Like, you're so annoying. Just go away, please. And then, and it's like, okay, cool. And I like how they had to animate different that scene differently based off your race so if you're a lala versus like like because of the height differential and things of that nature yeah. i thought that was like that's a really nice touch because mm. they can I, clearly they could have given him depth if they wanted to fan daniel in my opinion had no depth coming into endwalker and by the end i was like I, oh yes this is amazing yeah yeah no i i really like what xenos represents i understand that it, like how 
if people like look at him on like a surface level, they'll just be like, ah, I didn't like it. But and I also think that like ending it like with an instance too, which is such like a ballsy move to do. Because it's just like, man, like this is like so unorthodox for what this game is. <laughs> but uh, you know, he wanted a 1v1. And I think if it was like a trial fight, that wouldn't like really satisfy yeah. that desire. Right. For people hey, that and want I like to respect that fight, that would be the best scenario in the game alongside the 5 3 scenario to come back and create an extreme version of the single player scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think about Zodiac? Boy. <laughs> uh, it's like to me, I was, I got, I got. There was a hint of disappointment there for me because, like, well, I mean, Zodiac has been the the big one of our big goals this whole time and it's like then we end up fighting like an incomplete version of him and it's like oh okay well, he was i wanted thundered. to fight he like was... the real deal like the the fully powered zodiac and all of that like that's what i expected that we i expected zodiac to be like the final trial right i think mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure if most people expect that i definitely expect zodiac's going to be the, the last baddie right we're going to fight him at the end and the fact that it was the first trial it was definitely like subverting expectations a thousand percent I was like, oh, okay, and he's incomplete and all of these other things. From a fight standpoint, I also thought that he was um, very interesting, particularly the extreme version, because I've had to do it quite a few times. But, uh, yeah, interesting. So do our title and ultimate would let you do that. We could go make that an ultimate. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Um, I loved the fact that zodiac was the first trial that i thought that was a brilliant use of subversion because it, it was like the last thing that anyone would suspect yep. going into this right because everyone i mean we all kind of have theories on who the final boss would be everyone being dead wrong obviously but zodiac was was definitely like on the top list for like what everyone thought they'd be fighting at the end and the fact it was anima was basically yeah 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 anima being a dungeon <laughs> boss i was like yeah. what that, okay, that that kind of was like somewhat disappointing too, because uh, Anima, like, I feel like that should have been a trial. But... Lunar Bahamut should have been a trial. Yeah, that all <laughs> nah. should have been a trial, but it'll just fall over. <laughs> you can even take Voln stacks; it'll still go down. <laughs> and um, I, I was just, I could not believe it. I was in such a state of disbelief to know that. And um, because at the first, the first like half Inwalker, I guess, or third, I guess, of Inwalker that leads up to that point. I was kind of like, yeah, I, I got a good idea of where this is going. And then you get to that first trial, and I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> in, a, in a good way, right? Because it's like, yo, the, the story can only surprise me from here because I have absolutely like no idea where where they're going to take things from here. For me, the credits could have rolled after the first trial. Like, like, like emotionally, I felt like I'd gotten a whole expansion. So everything after that felt like bonus content. And mm. there's a lot after that. So like yeah. <laughs> everything up to Zodiac answered so much. And then we got to kill Zodiac. And I'm like, cool, that's an expansion. And then they're like, mm. great, you're level 83. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. no. All right. uh, yeah. I, I really felt like the, uh, the length of Inwalker, right? Because I know Yoshida had talked about, oh, you know, it's like 30 to 50% larger than like a normal like expansions, like cutscene wise, right? But like looking back on it, it was it was long. It really did live up to that. It was probably. meaty. It was meaty. Yeah. You guys like the I was, uh, technology? Yes. 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 Actually, I really like it. <sighs> if they had not brought it up, I think I would have been delight delighted at how much deeper it was than what we've had in the past. But for them to bring it up as a feature, I expected them to be able to get onto multi-person mounts because that's what they hinted at. I expected yeah. them to, be able to take Aetherites, uh, especially when they say, Rod's at Han's a maze. And you're like, cool. Uh, so you got some Aetherites unlocked? Great. Graha's going to follow you around while you try to figure it out. All right. <laughs> I had to take mount off my bar for the duration of MSQ because of the number of times I mounted. Yeah, you just mount up. I did that so many times. It had to go <laughs> off the bar. I just yeah. walked places. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was I was actually disappointed with the whole because like I played most of uh well not most, but like let's say the first half of Endwalker just riding the regalia around, waiting for someone to pop because he specifically mentions in one of the live letters, oh, and by the way, your science can show up and around you and in your mount. I, I think he actually even says in your mounts. And I was like, wait, what? He said it, it never yeah. happened. It never happened. I was like, I'm like halfway through Endwalker and I'm like asking in my FC, by the way, guys, has anybody ever showed up in your multi-seater mount? They're like, no, nah, I finished the game. Has nobody showed up yet? And I was mm. like, I've been riding the regalia everywhere for no reason. 
The uh, now Aiden asks, how do you guys feel about the fight with Vinat? Um, and that would lead us into our Hydaelyn as well. So, like, what did you guys think about that whole like kind of this little scenario fight? Vinat's fight. Yeah, I thought it was to get the best. I boy. thought it was cool because um, because the fact that basically she is she was the previous Azem or whatever, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, so we're fighting almost like in a way we're fighting ourselves kind of like that's an interesting thing to to go through i thought that was a, a neat aspect of it and well, also i was i was a paladin and she was using paladin skills so it made sense to me i'm not sure if she uses paladin skills for all the classes because she because she plays sword and shield right for for all or yeah okay yeah, so, yeah. so it's just a thing but for me it was like oh this is cool because it's actually me she's a paladin as well that's really cool but We're yeah not Vana, right? We're the following Azem. Correct. Soul. Yeah, yeah, we're correct. Yeah, correct. So she stepped down from Azem, and then we got uh, so appointed. She's our, she's she's our, our predecessor. predecessor. But she chose yeah. not to go and uh, in, into the live stream. So that's essentially like whenever you decide that you're done with whatever your position, that you have the choice to be like, I, I can either just go ahead and retire, retire, like into the live stream, or I'm gonna just go do whatever. But I'm not going to be doing that anymore. It might just be that for the sake of like writing confusion because they have to deal with translation and localization, but it does feel like souls seem to maintain a gender because you'll notice that a Zem is assigned your character's gender. And so watching Brian's always messed with me because they kept saying he, 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 and I play as a female character, so it's she, she, she. Mm. So um, a Zem inherits your gender, which means that if we ever meet a Zem, it'll be masked, right? Or something like that because, uh, or else it'll have to be our character. Like how else do they deal with that? And how could it be our character? Because did all these races even exist back in the unsundered times? Like mm. there's some weird stuff. With <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'll ever show it for that reason. Right. I think it's just easier yeah. not to it's like, all right, yeah. it's just that mystery, but it's interesting. Hager is familiar. I personally thought the fight was a lot of fun. It was really mm. fun going toe to toe and it yeah. foreshadows Heidelin, you know, mm. and it's like, Oh wow. And then we get to go and she saved this last bit of energy after being like, you see her, handling the weight of all the sundering all, all the all the rejoinings and just that fight and that battle and, and to kind of prove ourselves that blew my mind like i was like mm -hmm. once you know she came down and it was like that gorgeous artwork right like it was like from with zodiac and and uh and Heidelin from that box art like it's like wow they really took mm -hmm. that art and put it contextually into a, a character model in the game and it was just so mm -hmm. beautiful and man that uh, I did it did with you, trust. That was cr at first and got yeah, wrecked. I, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was about to ask. Did you all do it with trust your first time? Yes, I did it, and that's the only time I've ever uh, yes. done that because typically people are like, "Oh, you got to do this dungeon with trust. Oh, you got to do this with trust." It's like, no, like eh, I'm not, not here to not do it with trust. Deal, I yeah. did, yeah, I did yeah. trust. I know how the system works. I don't use the system. And then it's like, oh, wait, and like, so I did a, the first time there was a trust four man dungeon. I did that the first time and for Shadowbringers. I was like, great. And then same thing. First time trust system, eight man trial. I did that. And I was like, that was great. I got wrecked. And so then I brought in friends and I still got wrecked, but it was so much fun. <laughs> oh, no, I actually finished it with it. I think I wiped like three or four times, but I finished it with the trials with the, with the trusts because it was, I've I've always thought that there should be more things that you could do with the trust. I understand that it is an MMO. You're supposed to go in with friends and all that. And it makes more sense to have more duties where you do it with friends. But there are just some moments, like particularly that one, when you're there. And I actually did the previous dungeon that takes you down there with them as well, with the trusts. So it just made sense. Like, they're all here. It makes sense that they would be the ones participating in the trial. And the fact that you do get to experience that moment with them, I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that moment. Uh like of course, like like who's not gonna choose to like have like Emmett Silk be a party member? Like, nah, I don't like <laughs> yeah, who's who's really gonna do that, right? Um, so that was that was fantastic. Um, Vana and Heidelin. So, like I said, I, I cried like two times during like playing this game where I just big balled. And one of those times actually was when Heidelin dies, right? Like at the, one of the final trials before, what is that like level? I can't remember when you fight Heidelin, but when you do finally fight Heidelin and she dies, um, that was like when I really cried. And there's a, there was a lot of reasons I did, but I think one of the big reasons is, is that we kind of go in to Inwalker with this distrust 
of her. Like, you know, what I mean? like Shadowbringers yeah. really broke that trust with her. It severed that that sort of connection. And so, like, when I went into the expansion, I was like, I don't trust you at all. And then when you get to see her side of the story, you know, because, you know, we've been holding on to that for like, you know, a year or two after beating Shadowbringers. It's like, I just don't trust her. And then um, to really know her side of the story and how things actually happen, you almost feel like this sense of guilt when you finally, you know, well, you know, like really kill her. She was kind of like dying anyways, but you get the point. There, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Really? I, I, I love that this found a way to be respectful of time. Um, <laughs> so many times when you start to introduce time travel, it just starts to be either an answer to all things. Kind of like, like the echo is a little bit laughable when like Yoshi P like, like at a panel, she was like, how do we see ground effects? And like the echo, how do we understand? Like, how do we get like the needed flashbacks? The echo, like, how do we understand people's language? The echo, like, like it just like echo <laughs> is just the answer to all things. And so oh sometimes God. the echo can feel a little bit like, Oh, that's just a, that's just game speak for, I, I don't know. Uh, but with time travel, like it made a lot of sense. And so the fact that we could go back and kind of fulfill the future by seeing the past and then for her, 12,000 years had passed. And for us, depending on whether or not you, you guys took a break, it'd been like two hours. And so, you know, when <laughs> you've done all this, um, I thought it was really beautiful. I think Vana for me, I know a lot of people had a really deep connection to a Scion and maybe because I don't have all of the other expansions under my belt, maybe that's why like I do have relationships with them and they do feel real in a way, like even my frustrations toward them feel like the frustrations I would have towards like a friend where it's like, why, why do you have to do that? But like they, they feel at least cohesive. Like if something I don't like about that Scion, it's consistently like that. They're always that way. Uh, and so but I think Vana was the person that like I most looked forward to every time she was in the expansion. Every time she was on screen, it's just like more of you don't go away. Like that was I, I said that like on the boat. We're on the boat at the beginning of the expansion and it ends. And I'm like, I'm not done. Like, what do you know? Like, I'm not ready. I know we have to get to the expansion, but like I got time. Uh like, hang out. And so I wanted more time with her. And I thought the fight was a really beautiful way to bring that to a close. Speaking of time, like you were saying previously, the expansion is longer and, and all of that. And I got to be honest, that being the first time that I was caught up in an expansion, because like I, you know, I, I started playing the game when Shadowbringers was already out. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I noticed that even though I I was taking my time through it, I definitely noticed now the way that I've played Endwalker was very different than the way that I played all the other expansions. Because like I said to myself, I'm going to play the expansion, I'm going to do the the raids and all of that in, in the previous ones, right? So I did Realm Reborn, Coils, um, Ta Crystal Tower when it was still optional because it wasn't mandatory to do Crystal Tower. So I did that and then I went Heavensward and did Alexander and uh, the Pirates. And I did it like that for all the expansions. And then when I got to Endwalker, I was like, this is the one time where I don't feel like, okay, I got, let's get through the MSQ so that we can keep moving forward. I was like, no, I was really just appreciating every moment. Like the moments where you actually get to sit down and hang out with the Scions. I thought that this is amazing. And, and I was thinking to myself, if anybody skips and they go to Endwalker and they get to one of these moments where it's just like, eight characters sitting around the table just like eating a meal they're gonna be like man this sucks this is boring <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm just sitting there like really loving every single like graha going on his burger and alizé taking out the little uh piece of pickle because she doesn't like it. i thought like this is friggin magical this is awesome i love every second of it wouldn't trade it for the world but I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that if they skip they're going to be like this is boring as hell dude i i don't even know who these people are what why do i care about any of this but yeah that's the thing there was a lot of talking um yep. i remember thinking that in shadowbringers um versus like patch content like like the amount of time i think you play almost two hours before your first combat uh the first like at the beginning of the expansion mm-hmm by the time you go through like the 30 minute boat scene and then you get settled in Charlayan and then you build up enough in the form that you get to choose if you're going to Thavnir, which turns out in my opinion to be a mistake, I should have done the library first. And so like you're, you're almost two hours into the expansion um, before you, you use a single global cooldown, uh, yeah. which does feel 
like for the fact that we're playing a game and we're not watching Netflix, it does feel like a lot. And so I can see how people who are like, yeah, I mean, I like the story, but I also play to play video games. Yeah, for people that are binging and go straight through, for us, we'd all been hungry. We've all been doing battle content for weeks waiting for this. Mm -hmm. And we come in hungry for story. But somebody who literally finishes 555 and then immediately jumps into Endwalker, they're like, okay, let's do this. And then there's just two hours. It's going to be rough, yeah. It's, it's a lot. And, and it doesn't warn you that boat scene's long. It's just like, yep. yeah, of course it's long. Like every other time in the game, it's like, hey, you might want some popcorn. Take a mm -hmm. second. Yeah, and the last like, boat scene nah, of all boats for thirty minutes. Last like boat scene of travel ended up running into a dungeon. So it's like, oh, we're gonna get on a boat. Oh, we're in a dungeon. I was like, hey, here. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> How sick was that one reference, by the way? Oh, so sick. As yeah, a play, I like, that. I felt. <laughs> I love every like. That's Please elaborate. Uh, so when you're on the boat going to Charleian, it is legitimately the 1.0 opener outside of the oh, fact okay, that then you yeah. go on deck and it's it's Heidelin as opposed to the ships being overrun by monsters and then the tutorial starts like it was like legitimately shot for shot movement for movement i was like this is my so, 1.0 like i so really that, so that's interesting that. because i remember when i was watching that i was like this seems because because i've seen those 1.0 cinematics and I was like, this definitely feels like those cinematics that I've seen before, but yeah. obviously I don't have as big of an attachment to 1.0. So I was like, I'm probably just mistaken things, but no, it's good to know that that wasn't the case. Yeah. 2.0 Lemsa is reminiscent of it. Well, um, reminiscent, but not shot for not, shot. It's not, it's not for shot for shot. It is just reminiscent. And I think it was meant to pay tribute. It was um, that same thing with the Shadowbringers uh, trailer. Like when you have that callback to you being an archer out in the, you know, walking, I was like, I really appreciate that. That yes, that was a hard time for Square Enix, but like the players who were there, like we were there and we we supported it, and because of that, 2.0 became you know like and not just the players who supported it, but the team that actually said, hey, we gotta we gotta do this thing, and so but that we can't not acknowledge that, and I don't think 1.0 defines 14 uh, anymore. I think that that changed with uh, with Heaven's Word and Stormblood specifically for me is when it's like yeah, now it's you know like. The, the the fact that articles still reference it is is kind of humorous at this point but at the at its core like i really appreciated it and to an end in fact ferris actually asked like what do you guys think about Medion and and her reasoning behind all that and it's like at the end of the day like i thought that was something that would was the appropriate end to this entire saga because if not zodiac if not heinolin if not Z, you know xenos who is it now do I think they re they ask was the reasons good or bad? I think they're bad. Like clearly they were like they were wrong. Clearly they were like, uh, but they were very relatable. Like if you start factoring in all these things and you start losing hope and you and you give in to despair, like despair in and of itself breeding that that emotional power of despair and how that like percolates and it can and it can it can affect your soul. You know, it affects your whole outlook on things and then all of a sudden you get into that spot that the only mercy is is nothing we like the only mercy is death and it's like okay no, no no you're missing the point anyway what do you guys think the whole expansion was really existential and i think a lot of it when you look at any one person a lot of it showed what happens what's false when you take a limited understanding of an idea and you just let that run loose right if you if you just take a Wikipedia understanding of nihilism and you don't take the time to talk to somebody that, you know, is a nihilist and, and has complexities in their thoughts about that, then it's like, oh, so everything's pointless. Cool. I got it. And then you just move on. And it's like, no, not everything's pointless. Um, and and so I think that for her to say, like, I understand emotion and then I see the inevitable outcome of it and then just full stop, I don't need to look any further. Like that is a really good commentary on just, I mean, the way we consume games, the way we consume media these days, like you mm -hmm. have to process 6,500 news articles a day. So you only have time to read the headlines. And so you have to read a headline, make up your mind, move on to get to the next thing. And you end up missing all of this context. And so, like, I think she was a perfect commentary on all of this. Uh, and I totally understand how she got there as a being that was expressly built just to feel every feeling without limit. Um, just all of one thing and nothing else contextually to process it. Like she was not taught to do combat. She was not taught like she was just built to be an intellecty and everything else was to manifest that. Mm. 
I um I looked at that as like there's um there's one thing to me that usually motivates me a lot as a content creator because like sometimes like a long time ago I'd be going like dude what what am I doing like making videos about video games like why does this even matter <laughs> right and it's like I would get I would get like messages on on Twitter or sometimes in my comment section of people telling me like oh man your videos helped me through like this mm -hmm. really dark time or something like that yeah so I associated the the me the the story that they were telling with Medion to like almost like people that are dealing with some really big mental stress and you know trying to you have to try to like help them overcome it in a way and that actually resonated with me quite a bit from that aspect of it because like it's a huge motivator to me whenever someone tells me like, oh man you helped me out through like uh this dark moment in my life or whatever with your with your videos and i was like that makes me super happy. I'm happy about that. And it's like one of the things that keeps me going. And the whole median storyline resonated a lot with me with that. Cause she's just like super desperate. She's just like, Oh, everything's going to end. I'm just going to end everything like super fast. And you're like, no, here's a flower. Okay. Well, let's just keep things as they are. Let's forget the fact that you genocided God knows how many people. Okay. But here's this flower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like when I first came across Medion and I was going through the story, I was kind of like, you know, the final boss is like this emo kid. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like the, the first like like knee jerk reaction to it, right? And then as I thought on it really more, I kind of realized that Medion was like really uh, genius on a level that I didn't really think of at first, right? So, um, does anyone recall what Medion's like favorite food was? Uh, oh, caramel apple. Yes. Well, that's because and, it was uh, uh, Hermes, right? Yeah, but do, do you know do you know what I I like I'm like 90% sure like that's an allegory for? It's like the forbidden fruit of like the knowledge of like good and evil, like biblical stuff, right? Oh yeah. And so the, the the metaphor there is that she eats that fruit and she learns about good and evil. And oh. Yeah, like that's and that brings and, and what happens after that, right? Like man caught mankind like falls from like paradise, right? They're no longer they're no longer immortal, right? Like they were in the garden of Eden and that's like a whole um like biblical parallel. I thought that was like, oh, it's like it's also like that, heavily like, Greek. So yeah. like it's all portrayed through everything Elpis yeah. and beyond, all the vocabulary, all the mm. concepts, like everything about the Asians are mm. it's so Greek. Mm. And um, realizing that, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's what they're trying to like paint here. And um, Medion, in a greater sense, also represents sort of like a voice within us who kind of looks around. And uh, especially within like these past like two years, it's been really yeah, easy to look around you and just see nothing but despair and pointlessness and death. And, um, and just think like, why is it all even here? And um, I, I feel like launching this story like right now, specifically at this time, also makes it resonate even more, like makes the, the arc with Medion um, even more relatable, especially. But yeah, realizing that like the parallel there uh, sort of like representing like, you know, mankind's um, own fall from grace within certain religions and mythologies there and how those parallels tie into Medion uh make me have like this really great like big brain like appreciation <laughs> of, of of what medion is yeah it's really i like that analogy i never didn't even think about it in terms of like the apple but in the fall but yeah, yeah i, I, I kept wondering it's like why do they keep mentioning that she likes candy apples and i was like oh it's because like once she gets the knowledge of of like good and evil it's it's like yeah. it, <laughs> overwhelms feed, it overwhelms her it overwhelms her never feed a medion well, like she, when, she connect, when she connects <laughs> and all of a sudden, like you see it. her and just universe. get flooded by all this information all at once. And it's just like, yeah. you know, that in and of itself, it's such it, I like like I liked how that was all handled. I like that, that it was all set up in the way that it was as a veteran, as, as somebody who's been covering this game for 13 years. Like, I really felt like my time was respected. I really felt like my journey was definitely worth it. And so, like, I, I just, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, complaints outside of the normal complaints that I've had about this game for the last, like, eight years. So, it's like, mm. my, my, my critique of Final Fantasy XIV remains intact to this day. And it comes down to, I've pretty much capped out all of my crafters and gatherers. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I miss getting experience. I wish there was some post-level cap experience value. Something. <laughs> just give me a box. Give me a piece of candy every time 
I, I metaphorically level up post level cap just to say thanks. I don't care. But like, that's like when it comes down to it, like, oh, I don't know. I just have an addiction to, I guess, gaining XP, but that's been my con continual critique this whole time. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts as, as we wrap up the show? And we go into a, typically a post show occasionally Platinum. in which that we kind of answer questions and things like that. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. My chair's all broken. So I'm going to go find a, uh, uh, like a, like some kind of screw or something to kind of lock in place. But, um, let's start with you. Nice guy. Where can people find you? You got any final thoughts? Oh man. Uh, final thoughts on Inwalker uh, is basically what an amazing expansion. I don't know what they're going to do at 6.1, but, uh, I, I hear that the name is supposed to be somewhat on the nose. That's what like Yoshida was saying. It's kind of like, it's kind of obvious. Oh, I'm kind of wondering what the name of, of 6.1 is going to be. It's going to be Maricidia. Yeah. <laughs> 6.1, Maricidia. I, I saw someone online joking that it'll, that 6.1 will be called So What's Next. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. That's what they should call it. A boat to Corvus. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the next destination or something. But yeah, like um, that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. And uh, yeah, other than that, if you want to find me, you can find me on youtube.com slash the night sky prince, or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the night sky prince. Rory, how about you, man? You can usually find me on youtube.com slash Ruricon or twitch.tv slash Ruricon. Uh, and for final thoughts, my biggest thought about this one is like, Endwalker is the embodiment of please don't skip to Endwalker. Cause like, I feel. I feel like Endwalker doesn't stand uh, on its own. So it's like, whereas you could kind of like judge, okay, this is Realm Reborn, this is what you get. This is Heaven's Word, this is what you get. This is like, and there's connection and flow through all of them. But, you know, when you get to Endwalker, it's like, there is no Endwalker without a Stormblood. There's no Endwalker without a Heaven's Word. There's no Endwalker without a Shadowbringers, you know? that That's the vibe that I, that I feel from Endwalker. But yeah, that, that's just like my my final take on that. Chris. I, I definitely don't think like I think with Shadowbringers it felt jaded to not get nominated for best sound. And with this one, it's like I get that it's best sound for us. And I and somebody did post a link to they did name all of those versions of answers. They're not answers. Uh and so like I like this is for us. This is internal. This is fan service. And Walker, like Shadowbringers was meant to invite in the world to this beautiful story. Um and you know, a realm reborn was meant to invite in the world for this beautiful story, but uh Endwalker's for us. It's an internal gem. It was it was designed for this, you know, it feels large to community to us, but when you go compare it to like mobile platforms, which we were talking about before the show started, like it's nothing. Like it, it is a very intimate experience. Um, and I'm really thankful for it. So I look forward to seeing what the next two years holds. And, uh, and just shout out to uh, all of our supporters, WG Projections, Be Righteous, Redline Gamer, Red Rocket, Dark Wolf, Psycho, Cordell, and Keelan for their support here over at Ginger Gaming Radio uh, to help keep podcasts like this rocking and rolling. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully you guys hang out uh, through the after show, but go follow these guys. Their links are all in the description. Uh, Rory is streaming right now. Chris is streaming right now. Nice guy, I think, is the only one not technically streaming uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. You should absolutely go uh, check them out if you haven't. And if I'm introducing you to any of these amazing creators, then I honestly am very privileged to do so. Guys, this has been uh, Crystal Core Radio, episode 104. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And hopefully we'll see you in the post show or uh, the, our next episode. But until then, take care. <laughs>